Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caproletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk about the 2020 film, Mile High Escorts. We will not bother you with a plot summary (laughs) or walking you through what happens point by point. It's called Mile High Escorts. You get it. It's sex workers in the sky. But in a time where we've been able to do so little air travel, I guess it's nice that we are not doing this type of air travel. That was an interesting thought to follow. Um, Just because there's danger. I mean, yes, I loved the travel element. It was all filmed in Kentucky or something, but I loved that we got to see establishing shots Stock footage shots of Berlin and Paris, Amsterdam, Amsterdam. Yes, that part was fun. Um, Even Louisville, Kentucky looked nice. Louisville, Kentucky, I'm sure is nice. Oh yeah, it is. It's nothing against that. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I forgot. We also filmed in Detroit, quote unquote. We filmed in Detroit. Yeah. I have a lot of notes about it. Before we get started, I'm going to be a little low energy today. I'm hungover. (laughs) Just facts. Right before we started recording, I went to the kitchen and ate a a piece of, not a piece, a bite of three-month-old cake. (laughs) Your birthday cake? My birthday cake, which we froze and unfroze. And frozen, unfrozen, frozen, unfrozen. By the way, it was a paleo cake. Turns out paleo cake tastes exactly the same (laughs) when you eat it the first time. Three months later, frozen and unfrozen, frozen and unfrozen. Now, you cannot do that with a regular sheet cake and expect the same results. But apparently a paleo cake tastes pretty similar. But it was sort of like being... Like I was treating myself like the parent... Like a stage mom treats the child like... You're going to be low energy, so I'm going to give you sugar right before so you you perform. (laughs) Um, But on the subject of the quote-unquote Detroit filming, I want to talk about the lighting of this movie, but I'm not going to. So all I'm going to say is everything is dim in this movie. Poorly lit, dark. If we were to believe this movie, the Detroit airport is a crime scene. Like a constant crime scene because it's so dark. I mean, you would be in an Uber picking up a passenger and you'd crash into them for lack of seeing them because it's so dark at this airport. But I, again, I'm not going to get into it. We have other more fun. Have you been to the Detroit airport? I have not, but I've never been to an airport that is that dark. Okay, so... So let's let's fact check this. How dark is the Detroit airport? Do they have exterior lighting where cars are driving, or is it just pitch black? <laughs> I I can I've only went there once, and we were flying to a cross country meet in Ann Arbor. Okay, so it was like daytime, and it was also two thousand one. Okay, I don't think that the lighting would get worse in the last twenty years. That's true. You're right. If anything. I think the lighting would probably be better. Here's hoping. It just seemed like the lighting department was on strike for this movie. Sure. Like they were like, "Mm -mm, no. They were spending it on big name stars. Sure. So we're going to talk generally about this movie. 
And then we have some fun bits for you. Do we ever? This is episode 20 after Mm -hmm. all. But what really stuck out to you about this movie? You know, this was one of those films that I thought I liked more than I actually did. Better title than a movie. Yes, this is one of those movies that we... The title's great. It's like, okay, yeah, I really want to see what they're going to do with Mile High Escorts. And then, and we thought we liked it. I think we were confusing it with Deadly Mile High Club, which we will get to at some point. It's very good. And it is a doozy. But I think the mile high element of this allowed us to confuse those two. We also did pick this one out of a hat. Right. With other options, because we're going to tell you about a little game we played in a minute. And we wanted it to be fair, so no one was putting their thumb on the scales. Yeah. Maybe we should have put our thumb on the scales to make it more appropriate for the game, but... I think we should probably have gone with maybe a mother's nightmare or Mm. sugar... Babies? What is it called? (laughs) Sugar Sugar daddies? Uh, What was the other one called? I think they're... Or sugar babies a candy? They are, but... uh, both Sugar Daddies and Sugar Babies are a candy. And I think also Lifetime movies. Okay. <laughs> it's like both, that, both will break your teeth. It's like that Billy on the street where he does Gay Club or Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Lifetime movie or candy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> turns out it's both. Um, the wrong Charleston Chew. Okay, so you thought you liked this more. I mean... Most Charleston Jews are the wrong ones. So I, who am I to judge? I just admitted to eating three-month-old paleo cake. I'm obviously not above anything with sugar in it. I'd eat a Charleston Chew. Apologies to Charleston Chew. Please sponsor us. Okay, so aside from thinking you liked it more, what really jumped out at you? I think the illusion of travel was kind okay. of nice. Okay. Um, although it was stressful to see uh lauren and ashley i think was her friend's name uh i'm just gonna level with you i did not even bother to write down a single person's name and you know what i feel fine about that because as anyone who listens to this podcast knows in every single episode (laughs) i mess up the names most of the time i mess up the name and i don't even realize i've done it and i don't care when i'm editing and i just leave it in Whatever. They all have names, and you probably get where I'm going with it anyways. But I didn't learn a single name, yeah. so Lauren, well, I guess. Yeah, Lauren is the main character, and her friend is Ashley. Okay. Um, but seeing them just in peril, and risky to begin with, uh, taking on, going it's from risky being... risky to be a flight attendant these days, period. Yes. You're liable to get punched in the face with people with all their COVID rage. Right. <laughs> Uh, and seemingly they had been flight attendants for a flight, maybe yes. two, before they're like, oh, I'm tired of the grind. They flew to Detroit once, and then their airline shut down, and Mile High Airlines, or whatever it's called, yeah. hired them based on the madam seeing the main character waiting at the the dimly lit Detroit airport. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that madams typically choose high-end escorts in the dark. You want to I would assume you'd want to like clap eyes on what the girl actually looks like. Sure. But, you know, I'm not a madam, so I'm I'm uncertain about how that works. Okay, sorry. What were you saying? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I was just saying that it was kind of... Watching them in peril was... It was was kind of stressful to having them take on this high-stress career. Sure. Yes, I actually do think being a flight attendant is extremely stressful, and I, I assume being a sex worker is also extremely stressful. And some of the some of the men who were procuring the escort service were obviously a bit unsavory. Yes. Um, even like Thomas, like the nice quote unquote one, or who we're supposed to think is the nice one, who is like Lawrence becomes her like steady client and she falls in love with him and they exchange I love you's and- it, He's unsavory. And you know how we know he's unsavory? Toward the end of the movie, he says he has a guy who can take care of a dead body. Yes, that's right. Maybe there are a few nice guys who could make that claim. I don't know. Maybe they were like service members and they had to do black ops or something. But it's hard for me to imagine that your average like nice guy has a guy. Mm -hmm. And also, the reason I say that is because if you got a guy, you've had to use the guy before. Sure. Yeah. If he has a guy for body disposal, it means he's been in a situation, I would assume more than once, where body disposal was unnecessary. <laughs> yes. And by the way, they're not even going further down this rabbit hole. They're not even in his hometown. No. So he has an out-of-town guy. An international. Yes. For body disposal. Yeah. Which to me is like either you're going on killing sprees in foreign countries, and that's why you've got a guy, which is a problem. Or you have two guys. You've got a home guy and an away guy. You're part of a multinational body disposal syndicate. Yes. One of the things that jumped out at me was, and I'm, I'm thinking about it now in terms of doing a job, I don't like the concept of this airline specifically because I want people focused on one job Mm -hmm. and doing it well. Yeah. I mean, I think people multitask in life, but I guess I would say there are two professions that I don't want someone multitasking in, in this movie. And they are being a flight attendant and being a sex worker. I think in either of those instances, you want the person's full attention. Like I want a flight attendant's full focus on being a flight attendant because I'm a nervous flyer. And so I want them like, there are actual flight things that need to be done by flight attendant. I want them doing that. Not focusing half their attention on flight attendanting. Right. And half their attention on sex work. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is if you're, if you have a sex worker, I would assume you want their full, isn't that the whole reason to like, that you want undivided attention and, like and don't want them devoting their time to safety regulations. Yes. And... Not like gesturing toward the, you know, exits. There was a lot of like cute flight attendant banter. Yeah. In this. Like safety messaging and such. Yes. Like they were at a party and they did like the exits and the gestures and stuff. It fell flat for me. Yeah. Okay. So anything else for you? I think. I... Actually, I'm going to. No. There's something... (laughs) Sorry. On the subject of a lot of quote-unquote cute banter about airline stuff, I have to pass this along because none of you are going to watch this movie. I mean, we're not giving it a ringing endorsement, so none of you will watch it. Yeah. Quote, 
us trolley dollies have to stick together. Oh, yes. End quote. If there's a single flight attendant listening to this, please tell us if trolley dolly is a thing that someone has ever said, or if that was something made up by the writer, because I found that deeply upsetting. Yeah. It's bad writing. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that. I don't like to attack other people's work. Well, I guess the entire podcast is premised on us attacking other people's yes. work. Or just pointing out things we loved that interesting choices they made. You, you mean the sterling decision to include uh, Ashley's commentary after their first flight saying that Boozy McBoo's face was sitting in her section? Yeah, I'm saying, listen, like, I. To the writer, I would say, you had a great concept. I want to be along for this journey. <laughs> from. All the way from Louisville to Detroit. I'm with you. I want to hear about Mile High Airlines or whatever it's called. It's never named. By the way, this... I don't know if we've explained it because it's not that significant, but they're, it's private jets. So they switch from a commercial airline, which shuts down, to being two flight attendants on a private jet with different clients. Right. And the airline is owned by this guy, Franklin. And his son and the madam. Right. Or... His son, Eric, and the madam is Hannah. I, you know, I'm along for the concept. I feel like we could have done more with it. And something like Boozy McBoozersons or whatever you just said, you know, trolley dollies, etc. I guess it feels... The reason why we come up with movies where we're like, better title than a movie is because you had the concept mm-hmm. and then you stopped caring. <laughs> like, Boozy McBoozerson is not something... You didn't try. Yeah. I don't even know if we can call that phoned in. Right. You needed to eat a bite of three-month-old cake before you got started. I don't think you were giving us your best. (laughs) But there were a lot of moments where I was like, I I wanted more of the writing. First of all, in terms of dog whistles I've talked about in the past, I could tell this movie was written by a man or men because one woman asks a single question of her boss. The main character asks the um, owner of the private jet. Oh, yeah. One, genuinely, one question is asked of him by this woman. And... He calls her a firecracker in response to being asked one pretty generic question. Mm -hmm. And then he turns to her friend, her co-flight attendant, and says, are you a firecracker too? And she responds, oh yeah, I'm a total bitch. So I was right. Firecracker is definitely being used by some of these writers as a dog whistle for like a mouthy, broad... Mm. Yeah. By men who don't like women, period. Like that, I I hate to say that, but that makes me question whether the writer likes women at all. Because if you're, if in your world, a woman asking one question of the boss during a job interview. Yeah. We talked about this recently. Matt interviews people, I do not. But we were talking about how if you, in a job interview, if the person who's working for the company you're interviewing with says do you have any questions and you don't ask a single question it can read as uninterested yeah i expect a question in a job interview i would i would always have a question ready if i was being interviewed 
Nine times out of ten, if you have good feedback on a candidate, it's they asked good questions. Okay. Asking a single question is not... It's not it, remarkable. No. If you can't field a single... If that makes you feel ruffled mm-hmm. and like someone is sassy, mm-hmm. which is another dog whistle for me, because they've asked a question, like, you are too fragile for this world. Yeah. It's hard to watch this because it's a channel for women. There are jokes in this movie about how women, like the main character likes to learn languages. And there are jokes about how women collect shoes, not languages. First of all, when you learn a language, you've not collected it. That's not even proper use of the word collect. They're just, it's like a very women be shopping conversation. Yeah. And she's like, but I like shoes and languages. So she's not another one of those dumb women who just like shoes. And my reaction to this whole scene about women and shoes and languages was, Lifetime, please start hiring more women to write these movies. Barbara Kimlicka is amazing and she's probably available. Hire her every time. (laughs) Or even hire one of the male writers who's not so deeply offensive, like... Jeff Hare has never written a scene where I was like, this is not just misogyny. It's misogyny from like 50 years ago. Like women like shoes is so old at this point. It's as old as those disgusting fur coats she wears that make her look like Mae West. I was hoping we'd get to that. Yes. She wears fur and fur trimmed coats. In like fringe. Yes. Emily was hiding underneath that coat, (laughs) waiting to pop out and sing her horrible songs. (laughs) She was going to sing La Vie en Rose because they were in Paris. With that amount of fringe, you cannot have Emily not in the room. (laughs) But, like, Jeff Hare doesn't bring out these tired, moth-eaten forms of misogyny. (laughs) He at least puts mothballs in his closet full of tired old misogynist jokes. What if Lauren had then rattled off the word shoe in several languages? I would have been unimpressed. <laughs> that had been like, chaussure, <laughs> scarpe. I mean, cool. But like, <laughs> women are allowed to like clothes. It doesn't make them stupid. And thinking that women are stupid because they like shoes is stupid. And saying that on a network that is dedicated to women to try to make them feel small and less than who they are is not what I want. I want the network to go in a different direction. This came out in 2020. Come on. (laughs) Be better. (laughs) Also, the plot of whether the owner of the airline who was so offended by one question that he called a woman a firecracker... The plot about whether his son will succeed him or the mistress, who was also the madam. Yeah. It really felt like it was shoehorning in a storyline that I don't think worked. It felt like, to me, the writer had watched the first season of Succession and was like, I want to do that. And then just like shoehorned it into a movie. And what I would say is it's the same thing. You shifted focus away from a woman's story that could be very interesting. A flight attendant who is also a sex worker is an interesting story. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot with that. There's a lot there to explore. 
And instead of focusing on that, you shifted it to a story about greed and a father and son's relationship. Uh-huh. You shifted it from a woman's story right. to a man's story. Right. And I was less interested in his story, not because I'm less interested in men's stories, mm-hmm. but because that story is less interesting. Sure. It's as old as time. Greed is not new and interesting. Airplanes are relatively new. So a flight attendant, who's also a sex worker, is a relatively new concept. And I guess they sort of gloss over it in this film, but they do show a couple of montages here and there that illustrate that Lauren is able to make all of this money without actually sleeping with her clients. Okay, yes. And we got to get into the money because you know I'm obsessed with following money. If anyone knows, please message us. I want to know what one can expect from a typical night of sex work. My only real frame of reference is Nicole Byer had on her podcast, Why Won't You Date Me, a male escort who had been in, an I think it was an A&E docuseries, and he talked about what his rates were roughly. And he said, I believe, and this was a, this guy's in high demand mm-hmm. because he's already been on TV. And also he has said there are fewer people who do what he does, which is like providing almost like a relationship experience, uh-huh. which is what women want to pay for. Right. Apparently this is all according to him. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. how sex work works, but so he said his rates were 10,000 for a weekend. So if you wanted a full weekend, his undivided attention. Okay. It sounded like the expression that could be used for it would be like the boyfriend experience, like mm-hmm. something like relationship experience. Sure. That it would be 10,000 for a weekend. She has given bundles of hundreds. Yeah. That I was estimating just by eyeballing would be like $50,000 for a single night. I want to know what the going rate is for high-end sex work. I said to Matt last night, I want to know, but I don't think there's going to be like a good, reliable source on the internet mm-hmm. that will tell us that. Especially that Yahoo Answers is gone now. <laughs> there is the aspect of this airline that these women are also concierge. Yes. Uh, and so does that imply that in addition to the companionship and, and whatever... Um, They're know, expected to know that, what restaurant you want yeah, to Yeah, it's like, oh, like recommend me a patisserie in the Montmartre neighborhood or something like that. Any of them. You're getting amazing food in France. You, you shove that petit four in your mouth and shut up. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Problem solved. <laughs> I don't know if they call them petit four in French. But to be honest, whatever you call anything in France, it's all good. I've never, you know, never had a bad bite of food in France. Sometimes stereotypes exist because they're based on something real. <laughs> like French people know food. Um, I don't even... Now I'm thinking about French food. What were we talking about? We were talking about the rates for the work oh, that yes. these women are doing. But, but getting into what you were saying though, also the their, their attentions are even more divided than I thought they were because they're not just flight attendants 
and sex workers. They're flight attendants, sex workers, and concierge. Correct. Which means... Listen, a lot to fit into an itinerary. If you're juggling that many balls, something's getting dropped. Yeah. And I wasn't saying that to make a, <laughs> a sexual... I'm not... I don't do that kind of humor, but... It does actually work in that way if you wanted to, so knock yourself out. The only other thing I would get into is that Lauren... Yep. When she wakes up her first night in a hotel room that's been paid for by this private airline that she's going to be working for, there's breakfast in her room. Yes, from courtesy of Hannah, who's Curtis, recruited her. Courtesy of the airline, yes. And her reaction is... Of course they bring you breakfast in bed. Incorrect, ma'am. Someone has entered your room without knocking, without you knowing, while you were asleep. The appropriate reaction is not excitement, but fear. Yeah. You should be terrified. Women dead bolt your doors put that little flap thing on every night breakfast in bed is a great concept i don't think i've done it that many times one time we have done it you told them what time you wanted it the day before you and i in in monterey Mm -hmm. and they knock on the door because of course they do what if what if you were completely undressed? What if you'd just gotten out of the shower? It's not appropriate for someone to enter your room without knocking. Yeah. And if someone enters my room without knocking while I'm sleeping and leaves behind evidence, even if that evidence is a croissant, <laughs> I am not pleased. Yeah. And then the food feels suspicious to me because it's like you snuck in here and snuck out. I don't know. I don't like that concept. Mm -hmm. Now, I could be completely off base. Some people would probably be like, it's great to wake up to hot food. Staring you in the face. Staring you in the face that you didn't have to like interact with someone. But then also like you didn't tip them. How do you know what they want? How do they know what you want? rather? But you didn't tip them. Mm -hmm. Someone provided you with breakfast in bed and you... We're unable to tip but them. But Hannah took care of that. Hopefully she did. You gotta tip people. Yeah. Service industry. Yeah. Someone brings you food mm-hmm. to a table, to your bed, to wherever, to your home. You tip them. Yeah. I do want to mention on the subject of the fringe coat. Is it fringe? Yes. Is it fur lined? Yes. There are fur cuffs and a fur collar. Of course. If you need a reference for what it looks like, she looks like she's going to an MGM premiere at Grobman's. <laughs> okay. Like in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And I will note, I couldn't dial in to like half of... I couldn't, you know... I wasn't... I was wandering in and out of the room. Sure. Which is a classic lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. You're You're folding laundry, you're washing the dishes, you know, that's how a lot of our interactions with Lifetime take place. It's like a a consistent background on the set of our lives. Yes. But what I will say that I noticed about the costuming was each of her clients had exactly the same taste in attire. Mm -hmm. And that taste in attire was attending an MGM premiere at Grubman's. 
there was one dress that looked like silk shantung. Now, does that sound like a material you hear about all the time? No, I don't even no, know No, you don't. You, I mean, Google it. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't. It's a stiffer material. <laughs> I love it. It's a gorgeous material, but it's it's not frequently used now. It's also, you know, if, if it's real, it wasn't. It's quite expensive because it's silk. The silhouettes were all straight 1950s, and more than one guy put her in a mink stole, there were lots of furs given to her and the the whole aesthetic of each of these guys was sure. the same. Now, I have to imagine that that is not the case in sex work. Wouldn't you assume that like in the same way that it is in sex, like in dating in general, that like different people are attracted to different types. That there's some variation in yes. what the clients would want their yeah. flight attendant slash concierge slash escort to wear. Because that's how dating is. Mm-hmm. Men are drawn, you know. They're, like, there's a whole different spectrum of like, not just like who the actual person is, like their hair color and their skin color and all that, but then there's like a tire. And I don't think every man in the world wants a woman to wear a mink stole. Sure. I actually don't think the majority of men, mm-hmm. I would say that's like a very small minority of men who want a mink stole. Uh-huh. Like, have you ever been like, oh, the one thing Liz is not wearing to dinner is stolen. I was desperate for her to wear a fur around her shoulders, preferably the kind that have like the little dead paws, the little <laughs> dead head just like hanging. So it feels like there are three of you at dinner, not two. Well, in our first 10 years of knowing each other, I can't say I have, but something to think about, I suppose. I just, it, for me, it stood out, I guess, because each of these men is providing an outfit for her, which again, I don't know if that's done in sex work. Like, right. here's your outfit. Yeah. But all of them, they basically provided the same outfit. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. None of them provided like PVC thigh high boots or something. There was like no mm-hmm. variation. Sure. It was all like very quintessentially feminine glam looks from the 50s. Yeah. And that that to me was interesting. I would have preferred a variety. Let's get a an entire montage. This yeah. one she's wearing a pink wig. This one she's a redhead. This one she has jet black long hair. I it just it seemed They already had the montage of her making money and not uh and and, and you know wishing her clients good night. There can only be so many montages less. <laughs> I would have preferred women like shoes. I would have preferred to see a montage of her shoes and clothes over a montage of the backs of the heads of men she had gone on dates with. Right. You know, just one lady who likes shoes is opinion. So now we're going to talk about the game we played during the movie. This is your special 20th episode treat. Mm -hmm. So Matt and I prepared bingo cards to see if we could hit bingo and predict some of the standard lifetime fare. Now, I feel like we picked the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. Because this didn't have... It didn't have a lot of lifetime greatest hits. Yeah, the, the, the tropes just weren't there. And that might be telling mm-hmm. in other ways. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go through and we're going to say how many... Neither of us hit bingo, unfortunately. And we're going to say how many we were able to circle. And then we're going to tell you our little 
squares because we came up with different ones. So I want to compare. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Sure. Would you like to hear the ones that were selected? I mean, I only got three squares. You can tell me the ones that were selected and then I want to hear the rest. Okay. So the three that were selected were all pretty mundane. One was gunshots fired. I, try, okay. I was trying to at least make something easy on myself. Uh, one was villain stabbed with knife at end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third and final was parent as widow slash widower. Okay. So let's hit me with the rest. So one character has or goes to a cabin. Okay. The words psycho, wrong, or killer appear in the title. Okay. The villain survives the final encounter and is shown at the end in prison or a mental hospital. Okay. The protagonist just moved to town. Fresh start. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I almost had that on mine. There is someone in a car watching from across the street. Yeah, that's a good one that Matt got that I didn't. And that this is how you know it's not a classic Lifetime movie. That should have been circled. Sure. Well, there are very few opportunities for yeah. anyone in a car in this film. Um, set in California. Wait, actually, no. I think you can circle that. Because Hannah kind of, well, she watched her, but then she picked her up. I'm going to let you count it. Oh, no, Because no. Hannah watched Lauren at that dimly lit Detroit airport. She did, but yeah. Okay. That's Conti- very generous of you. Continuing but. on. Um, set in California. I wanted to give a couple of like settings in the yes, car. Yes, I almost had that one too. Um, the protagonist is a writer. The movie has Canadian lead actors. Wait, none of these people were Canadian? Uh, not the Okay, fine. Main ones. I, again, not a classic Lifetime movie. Go ahead. Um, the villain uses chloroform. Okay. There is a murder committed by shoving someone down a staircase. There is high school soccer. Yes. Um, the villain talks to themselves or berates themselves. Okay, that's a good one. I didn't even think of that. There is a fake social media site shown. Okay. E.g. picks a post or face base. Okay. The quirky best friend ends up getting killed. Yes, sure. Vivica A. Fox either stars or produces. The film takes place in quote-unquote Philadelphia. Sure. The nosy neighbor slash family friend gets killed. Okay. The villain is hit with either a kitchen utensil, pot, or pan. Uh, there is a skeptical police detective. Mm-hmm. Wittendale is mentioned. Okay. And stars Jason Shane Scott. Okay. So what's going to be fun for the audience, I think, is seeing how much overlap there is in our... Anyways, the ones that I circled were Screaming Meltdown. I think technically the sun... Got that. This one is a stretch, but I yeah. think technically... Oh, yeah. He, Eric was there. He had a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, none of Eric Roberts' proportions, but mm-hmm. this wasn't stalked by my doctor, frankly. Okay. So I had five, but some of them are a stretch or technicalities. The next one that was circled was vaguely feminist message undermined. Okay. <laughs> I also circled cabin. Because on a technicality, there is a there is a cabin featured. But to be clear, I meant it in the spirit that Matt intended it as well, which was that there is a cabin getaway. But I'm circling it. You mean as the airplane cabin? I'm circling it as the airplane cabin, okay. but I intended it as a log cabin in the woods or whatever. Fair enough. Um, I also circled dead parent or parents. Mm-hmm. 
and I circled love interest is murdered. Mm. Okay, so here were my other ones. Wittendale, mm-hmm. Jason Shane Scott, uh-huh. moved to hometown slash small town, mm-hmm. perfect in the title, Okay. blondes v. brunettes, <laughs> online in the title, best friend is murdered, poison, mm-hmm. painter, <laughs> stalker, woman sighs when random body part is touched. Now, I thought I would get to circle that one because normally if there is a sex scene, a woman's shoulder gets touched and Mm. the noise she makes is disproportionate. (laughs) But this time there were not a lot of noises. And I will say for a movie about sex work, the sex scenes were boring. Mm. Boring. Okay. Vivica Yeh Fox. (laughs) The villain isn't dead. McMansion. Mm Mm-hmm. Teens in Crisis, Past Comes Back to Haunt Someone, Psycho in Title, Luddite Energy Slash Themes, (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) Now, here's how I know it wasn't a Lifetime movie. Not a classic Lifetime movie. Matt and I have so many things that should have been circled that were not circled. Matt should have been able to circle California. I should have been able to circle McMansion. We both should have been able to circle the part about the villain coming back to life or ending up in a prison or asylum. Mm -hmm. Those are like really central things. Like the not being dead and ending up in a prison or an asylum. Mm -hmm. One of those should have been circled for it to be a lifetime movie and neither were. The fresh start for you should have been circled. Uh The best friend wasn't murdered. You know, well, she did end up in the hospital. Yeah, but it doesn't count. But she survives. She's fine. She's she ends up going to grad school. And they're in Marseille making bouillabaisse for. Yes. Yes. It's France. Go eat at a restaurant. Everything (laughs) they cook is amazing. (laughs) Don't make your don't make your bouillabaisse at home. Come on. I mean, you can spend like two dollars in France, and it's the best thing you've ever put in your mouth. So. I'm just saying. Okay, so just really disappointing. So we might have to redo yeah. the cards mm-hmm. with a different movie. Right. Okay, do you want to give me trivia? Sure. Not a ton. So Saxon Charbino, who is Lauren. Okay. We've seen her before in Stalker's Prey, the film with the shark attack. Okay. She was also in the show American Vandal, which I heard about. Okay, I've not seen it. She is the older sister of actress Brighton Charbino and actor Sawyer Charbino. Her brother Sawyer Charbino is 15 and released his first pop single earlier this year called Put You First. He is a YouTube personality because I looked at his single and it has 2.7 million views since what? it dropped in February. This is how you know that our our entertainment is becoming increasingly more segmented because there are so many different platforms for content. I've never even heard of this person. And he has millions of downloads. Well, I, I think all three of the siblings, or maybe at least Saxon and Sawyer. S- Sawyer Charbino also has his own show that appears in... Uh, Saxon's IMDb. Yeah. Can uh, you wait? Can you hit me with the kids' names again? They are Saxon, Brighton, and Sawyer. Oh, I thought they were going to be three S names. No. 
So those are names. Yeah. I mean, technically, if you if you call a thing anything, it becomes a name. If you label an object as something, no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. So I stand firmly behind Elon Musk and Grimes naming their kid that combination of things from like the ancient Egyptian alphabet. <laughs> because nothing means anything until we all decide collectively it has a meaning. So I was fine with that. Okay. And those two, Saxon and Brighton, Brittleby, <laughs> whatever are well, Sawyer's a, a you know a, a name that you will hear from people. <laughs> but I like Brittleby Sharbina would be great. I'm laughing because saying that made me think of <laughs> divorce and meat sweats. <laughs> We were watching John Oliver and he said uh, someone looked like a lawyer at the law firm of Hangover, Hangover, Divorce and Meat Sweats. And I haven't stopped laughing about it since. Um, So so, uh, I'm passing the joke along, but giving credit because it was not, it was not mine. But it's, I'm still giggling about it a day later. So. It was a solid observation. Yeah. Anyways, continuing on with that's the enough with the Sharbinos. Saxon, Brittleby, and whatever. <laughs> yeah, enough with the Sharbinos then. Okay. Oh, oh actually, no. Saxon Sharbino uh, apparently dated. Is it Jake Paul? Oh dear. One they're of those YouTube brothers. Universe. Okay, yeah. I, have, I have heard of them. Mm-hmm. I think they're from Ohio, or there's some connection oh, to Ohio because. It's, I think it's Jake and Logan Paul. Yes, yes. And um, and Logan Paul was the one who just fought Floyd Mayweather. I, I think they're from Cleveland or, or from Ohio some okay. somewhere because the Cleveland Plain Dealer will pop up with headlines about them Okay. with like minutia from their lives. Uh-huh. And that typically means that there's some sort of the local connection, connection to yeah the area. Well, Saxon Charbino is dating someone else now. So. Okay, that's... So she's moved on. Probably. They seem to have a lot. I I don't know anything about them except that there's something about them. I think they're on YouTube. Yes. And they seem to appear in gossip blogs and tabloids a lot. Yeah. And it's never like seen out doing, you know, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. It's always like something bad. So... If they if I don't if they're on YouTube and they've entered my field of knowledge even like in that kind of vague way yeah you probably don't want to know them because yeah. I know nothing about YouTube and if it's entered my sphere it's because bad bad stuff is happening yeah. moving on to Steve Coulter who plays Franklin the founder of the airline he played Prince Charles in the Harry and Meghan a royal romance movie yeah I can see that I can see that. I will say, I cannot see the people they cast for this most recent one, mm-hmm. which we've never watched any of them, and we never will. And when I heard that this coming up one that they're doing, that they filmed a fake scene of Diana's car crash, I was like, to what end are we... It seems so um, vile to me Yeah. to like do that in a segment. Like, I... 
I know that that's a part of their story or whatever, yeah. but like, it seemed cruel to sure. me to do, especially when the story that it, the movie is actually covering takes place 38 years later. Yeah. We don't need that footage. And that, and the budget, you've wasted it to film a car crash. You've wasted a huge amount of money mm-hmm. on that. It seemed insensitive. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the royals at all. So it, I would say this if they were normal people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we've never seen any of them. But I, my comment on the casting for this most recent one was no. Yeah. The actress that they have playing Megan does not look like Megan, mm-hmm. and the actor they have playing Harry does not look like Harry. Neither sure. of them, like, you might as well cast me as Harry <laughs> because I have <laughs> red hair. It's like not close enough, folks. Fair enough. The other. <laughs> and, and just. As a callback to our last episode where I said I could play a kooky English teacher on Degrassi High, I also think I'm up for the role of playing Prince Harry. <laughs> we'll bear that in mind. I can I can play a stiff royal. Send send me to Africa. He loves Africa so much. I'd love to go to Africa. I'll get a buzz cut for a trip to Africa. The other... (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on. The other minor role that Steve Coulter played that I thought was fun is in a 2001 episode of Dawson's Creek, he is credited as Scary Guy. Okay. And the name of the episode he appeared in is also called Scary Guy. For Prince Charles, that guy's IMDb alone would be enough to make you want to look inward. Yeah. Yeah. A guy who was cast to play you was also cast to play someone whose only name is Scary Guy. Yeah, right. right. Um, the real prize of trivia for this week, though, is Eric, the dastardly son, who's played by Griffin Freeman. Correction. The real prize of trivia was us realizing that I should be playing Prince Harry in the <laughs> up- upcoming fourth or fifth installment of Prince Harry and Meghan on Lifetime. <laughs> I'm liking that idea more and more. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. It's a real like reverse Shakespearean what's thing. The, what's the prize in your eyes? Uh, it is that Griffin Freeman in 2016 played Ryan, the boyfriend in Double Mommy. Wait, who? <laughs> so, who? So Eric, the son of Franklin who kills his father and ascends to own this airline in this film. Yes. In Double Mommy, uh, remember how in Double Mommy, the girl, her... He plays the rapist in Double Mommy? No, he plays the boyfriend who goes away. So he's not Bruce Boxleitner's He's not Bruce Boxleitner's son. He's not Brent Davick. Uh, His name is Ryan. He's the one whose mother is a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who... Who at the end, he's like playing with both of the babies right. or whatever. They, and they, the Davik they, one is mean to the other one. Right, they end up together. Again, Kim Lekka, get on it. Yeah. I want to see that Davik twin movie. Yeah. Heteropaternal super fecundation, was that the? Returns. Yes, yeah. that's the term. Yeah. And I, wanna, I want an evil twin movie about the Davik baby and <laughs> the, the, non, the non-Davik baby. 
you set yourself up for a sequel and you may not have even known it. I believe in your gift enough that I think you did know it and you left the door open and I love you for it. But even if you didn't know it, we must point out to you, the door was left open for a sequel and I need you to slam your body through that door. <laughs> right. And make that sequel. So, you know, Griffin Freeman, we've seen him evolve in four years from I would not have devoted recognized boyfriend. him oh, yet. Oh. No, I I actually looked at his picture from Double Mommy versus yeah no he's you know obviously four years he's matured and you put know, on some facial hair and you know I buy him as a villain mm-hmm. so kudos to you because he did a good job in Double Mommy he, yeah he was a you know believable you know nice guy boyfriend type mm-hmm. but he also did a good job with this role he really came off as a jerk yeah so. A tip of our top hats to you, good sir. Yeah, so Griffin Freeman apparently has the versatility that was lacking in Lauren's wardrobe choices from her clients. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about trivia. I don't think I have anything else to say either. Okay. Except, cheerio, good sirs. That's my British accent. <laughs> and it is spot on, and I will not hear one word about it. No notes. No notes. <laughs> That's what the casting director would say if I came in and auditioned for Harry. No notes. She was perfect. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do want you guys to look at pictures of the people in the most recent one. He looks closer to the guy in Harry Potter than he does to Prince Harry. Rob? Yeah. I mean, they're, like, at this point, I'd say just find someone who looks like him face-wise mm. and then dye their hair red. That's what they did on, on Riverdale. That guy's not a redhead and uh-huh. he dyed his hair red. You know, it's not that hard. Alternatively, I am willing to take up the role. <laughs> I'll like point at something on a South African safari with like some beautiful woman standing next to me. That sounds like a pretty easy gig. <laughs> and the accusation of, of the Royals is always that they're like robots mm-hmm. and not very human. So, you know, I would assume my acting wouldn't need to be that good. If I come off as stiff, we can just say it was a deliberate choice. <laughs> I was trying to, you know, evoke that rigidity <laughs> that they're required to live in. <laughs> and also, I could give them some much needed information about Northwestern, which Megan attended. That's true. So the connection's already there. Mm-hmm. I've been to England, so I feel like I'm as good as a royal already. If you'd seen an episode of Suits, I mean, then you're... I have not. Okay. <laughs> I have not. Sadly. There are like a hundred seasons of it. It feels daunting to even, to even, you know, I don't have time for that. All right, we've dragged this on long enough. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at husbandwifetime or on Instagram at husband and wife time. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.